All right, so for those of you that know me, after watching that video, I'm now sweating. Uh, so hopefully that didn't show too much. It's amazing my, my hands and my feet. Um, but I, 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 hate, I hate watching those videos, man. I, well, I actually like it, but man, it makes me nervous as all get out. Well, Happy New Year's Eve. I hope you're ready for a great new year. I know some of you are excited that tomorrow is the start of a brand new fresh year just because you're, that's, yeah, it's just like that's your personality. Some of you are more like, I just can't wait till this year is over. Um, one of the reasons I know that is because at least one of you, like you've already lost your keys uh, for the year. Like that's how you're ending 2017. And so they're back there in the back with Guyan, our, count, uh, our kind sound man uh, back there. Or if you just want a Honda, um, they're back there. They're back there as well. Happy, happy new year, everybody. A few years ago, I was, uh, I was sea kayaking off the coast of San Diego, La Jolla Beach, which is not nearly as pretentious as that just sounded. I, I promise, it, it's really not. But we were there, I was in a group of people, and we had a guide, and we're going around, we're seeing sea lions that were hanging out, and, or, or, you know, that kind of thing, <laughs> on the shore, and we're looking at the caves that are there in La Jolla. I mean, it's beautiful. San Diego has perfect weather year-round. I think it only rains like three days, 72 degrees all the rest of the year. So it's fantastic. That was great. The other thing that we're noticing, the way the, the shore there is, as you go around, around the beach, is just is cliffs. Like a lot of the California coast uh, over there is cliffs, and there's some beaches scattered, scattered around. But we're looking, and one of the things that we were in awe, in, awe of as we're staring up there is just these huge multi-million dollar houses. I mean, just gorgeous views, incredible. And they're sitting there right on the cliffs. But then we noticed some of them were kind of roped off at the end. And then we started realizing that like some of those houses are really close to the edge of the cliff. And our guide, we started asking about, hey, what's going up there? It looks like there's some construction happening up in there. There's things roped off. What's happening? He said, well, actually, some of those houses, they're falling into the sea because of how close they are to the cliff. And we thought, man, that, that's crazy. Like, didn't people know that before they bought the house? And like, yeah, they, they knew. And people were spending multi-million dollars, multiple millions of their dollars on houses that they knew that within 10 years were going to be in the sea because of sea erosion. And it's not like it was a surprise. I mean, you can't get your house fall off a cliff insurance. I'm pretty sure you can't get underwritten for, for that. And so they knew ahead of time that this was going to be happening. But for some reason, even though it might seem crazy to us, it was worth it for them, even as temporary as it might be, for them to have that amazing spot and that amazing view over the ocean, even though they knew within a certain number of years they were going to lose it all. And while for us it may sound, sound kind of crazy that somebody would spend that much time and money and resources on something that they knew would be so temporary and so fleeting, all of us have something in our life that we're really willing to do kind of crazy things with our time and our money and resources on to spend on just so we can have a temporary view of that thing. Somewhere in our lives, we've got the thing for us that we're willing to live on the edge for. Live in a way that no one else does so that we can experience something that no one else does. In fact, I think for a lot of us, that's kind of the appeal of the start of a brand new year. We've, we've got another opportunity to start the year off the way that we really want to. We make resolutions and we make goals and we know that there's nothing magical or special that really happens in the 10 second countdown that leads to midnight 
and a brand new number changing on the year. But there's something about that, the turning of a page that makes us think, man, there's, there's an opportunity here for a fresh start, for a new way to live life, to finally achieve the goals that I've always wanted. That's why so many people make resolutions. Of course, you and I know that a lot of resolutions never happen. In fact, the percentages for how many people actually complete their New Year's resolutions are, are like 8% of people actually succeed. How many, how many of you are, are resolution people? Like you make, now you don't want to raise your hand. I should have waited <laughs> till after. Well, you can quit while you're, you're ahead and that's fine. How many of you know that by mid-January, all the treadmills are going to be free in the gym? Like, you know, like even anecdotally, you know, like you just got to wait a couple weeks and the gym's going to be clear and it's going to be perfectly fine. Well, motivation for self-reflection, for evaluation, those are great and those are fantastic. And I hope you do that and I hope you take the time to, to make those. But the other thing that I hope you do as well is take the time to think of your spiritual motivation as well. What kind of resolutions and what kind of goals that you have over the next year to consider what kind of changes you can make and growth can happen in your spiritual life. Normally it takes something dramatic like the end of the year for us to consider a new start or starting point or a way to start getting better and growing in our life. Because a lot of times we really subconsciously we want to delay the changes that we already need to make in our lives. We need something in our lives, a catalyst like the new year, to get us to really start to wonder if we're going to be willing to make the changes that are necessary to reach the goals that we have in our life. Because that's the real obstacle in our life, is that most of the time we're not really willing to change. Because that's what we're faced with. That's what we're up against when it comes to living on the edge of life and achieving the goals that we really want to in our life. Whether consciously or subconsciously, we know that whatever changes and growth that we have or apply to our lives, we know that it's going to be temporary somewhere along the line, and we question whether or not it's really worth a lifestyle change for that temporary view on the edge of the cliff, as fantastic as it may be. But I'm here to tell you, it's worth it. It's worth it to pursue that temporary view. As Christ followers, when we consider Jesus' words and him telling us to pray for God's will on earth to be as it is in heaven, so we start to understand and realize that, that God doesn't want us to wait until eternity to finally experience the love and, the pre- and his presence in, in our lives the way that he does now. Part of the kingdom living, part of what we're called to as Christians is living And we're starting off the end of the year without batteries, apparently, <laughs> in my mic. And there's some in the case back there. So Guyan, our, our amazing uh, sound And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing about living on the edge, especially the way that God calls us to. It's not safe. Sometimes your batteries run out. Sometimes you have people in your life. You like how I put that in there? Yeah. Completely unplanned. And you guys are 
You guys are on point this morning. I don't care what people say about you. And sometimes people want to pull you back from that because they say, man, it doesn't seem that, like that's a weird, I don't know that you should put your, your life into that. I, don't, I feel like there's other things that you could focus on, but that, that's the thing. See, we're all living on the edge of life. We all recognize that our time here is temporary. We, we know that whether consciously, whether we actually think about that or it's just in the back of, my mind, like, back of our mind, we know that's true. So we're all living on the edge of something. We just get the opportunity to determine what that edge is going to be and what that view is going to produce in our lives. And when we live on the edge with God's will in mind, within his will, our view isn't temporary at all. It's a glimpse on earth of what we'll get to see in heaven. One of Jesus' closest and most impassioned followers was a man named Peter. And Peter wrote two short letters that are in your New Testament of the Bible. And we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 4 this morning. And Peter was primarily concerned with topics that affected the practical, everyday living and application of the Christian faith for his fellow believers in Jesus. He wanted them to be aware of false teaching in their lives. He wanted them to know that they could stay faithful in the persecution that they were about to face in life. And he wanted them, possibly above everything else, is to live well in their faith in God with the end in mind. And in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7, and 11, 7 through 11, Peter gives practical wisdom and commands for how Christians can be prepared to live on the edge. Now, as he's writing to his audience, he's preparing them for persecution, which I know is a lot different from just preparing for a new year to begin. However, as we look forward to the start of a brand new year, if you and I put into practice what Peter says, we can live a life that isn't just temporary, but it's eternal. And here's what he says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through, Christ, through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. The end of a new year is not nearly as sobering as the end of life that Peter is telling his fellow believers to be prepared for. But we all know that none of us are promised a specific length of life. And we all know that we're supposed to live life with the end in mind. That we should live with that understanding as we evaluate, take stock of the past year. That we should think alertly and soberly, which I know we're all planning to do tonight. In my notes... It says nervous laughter because I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> Peter says all of this so we can make all the right resolutions and goals to make our lives that much better for the next year. No, he doesn't say that. He says, be alert and of sober mind, not so that you can make all the great plans that will finally make your life great and everything will be happy and this will be the best year ever. And, and that's what I could say in the sermon we've done. That would be great yet, right? He says, so that you may pray. As Peter gives us, his fellow believers, rules for living on the edge, the first one that he gives us is that make sure that you are clear-minded, that you have self-control in your life so that you can be prepared to pray. 
And all the planning and striving that we may do to accomplish God's will for our lives, or perhaps better put, simply to be within what God's will is accomplishing in and through and around our lives, the most important task that we have, and also the one that I know is the most neglected, is prayer. And so my encouragement to you is whatever goals that you have, whatever hopes and dreams that you have for a new year, and this one finally to be behind you, and the next one to finally begin, whatever that looks like for you, whether or not you're looking forward to a bunch of uh, you know, hope and joy and what's going to happen next, or if you're looking back and thinking, I just can't get, wait to get rid of, rid of this one, I hope the key thing for you as a Christ follower is that whatever you do and whatever goals and plans you have are going to be built on a foundation of prayer. Because that's the only thing that's going to help you accomplish anything of note or of worth that isn't temporary. And so I'm I'm not a resolution guy, but I just want to let you know, you know, as far as putting these types of things of practice and and doing this, I've I've got four other guys that I went to college with that I stay connected and accountable to in ministry. And one of the things that we did, the five of us together, is we set four personal and four professional goals for our lives for the upcoming year, and we shared them with each other. So not only could we keep each other accountable to those things, but also so we we could be praying intentionally about those things as you go. Maybe for you, uh, like one of my personal goals has to do with personal health. Maybe it's a personal health thing, and maybe it is the treadmill, and you think, yeah, I'll be on it for two weeks, and that would be fine. I tell you what, add prayer to that and see if that doesn't make a difference. Because your motivation for why you do it and the temporary reason for why you're trying to accomplish that goal becomes something that's not just temporary anymore. It becomes, uh, there's a reason that's beyond just yourself just the temporary time that you'll be able to enjoy the results of taking care of your body in this life that will extend from now through eternity. Add prayer. Start with prayer in your life and your goals and your resolutions. Believing that Jesus' return is imminent makes a practical change in our lives, in the way that we live our lives. It requires clear-headed and self-controlled thinking so that we recognize not only what we ought to say when we pray, but also what God is trying to communicate to us when we pray. See, in the verses right before 7 through 11, Peter is talking about how his fellow Christians are going to stick out like sore thumbs around everyone else in their life. They're not going to understand. They're going to be trying to pull them back from this edge of living for Jesus. They're not going to understand why they aren't living like everybody else is, is around them. But it's so that they can live in such a way that they can hear what God is calling them to, what his will is for their lives, what he wants us to accomplish. Whatever resolution or goal that you may have for this year, if you haven't planned a foundation of prayer for that goal, let me encourage you to practice this rule because when you do do it, it will give you a clear picture of where your goal stands in relation to what God is doing in and through you. His second rule for living on the edge is love. In verse 8, he says, above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. And when Peter says this, he's quoting a section of a proverb, Proverbs 10, uh, verse 12. But he's also, it's not so thinly veiled reference for Jesus' love on the cross as well, and how that's meant to be our reference point for what love looks like. Here's the thing about living on the edge. It makes people edgy. That wasn't even a joke. Uh, It makes us anxious makes us awkward, makes us sometimes just plain awful. 
But if there's one thing that will continue to be true and only become more true as time goes by, it's that we need each other for whatever lies ahead. That's the gift of the church that Jesus gives us. That that love that he shares with us covers a multitude of sins and a group of people to share it with and be cared for with it and to be encouraged with it is who we're supposed to be as his church here on earth. All of us could use a little bit more love in 2018. Above everything else that you have planned, make sure you're planning to share that love, especially with the people in this room, because we need each other. We might not be on the edge of persecution, but even Peter recognized that not only is faith in Jesus not something we can do on our own without an assembly of believers together, but that it needs to be a constant, regardless of any other things that happen or any other goals or resolutions we may have for ourselves. And here's a dirty little secret. Eventually, one of our rules, by the way, is no perfect people allowed. Eventually, no perfect people allowed will wear on you. Trust me. And if you have any other motivation for love, see, this is the end of 2017. <laughs> We're ready. If you have any other motivation than love for why you do what you do in life, it'll all be temporary. But love will never fail you. At some point, I'm going to let you down. At some point, the person sitting next to you in the chair is going to let you down. But if you have a love that's foundational and that covers a multitude of sins, you'll never be alone as you press forward into what God has for you in this life. It prepares us for living and loving together for an eternity because a godly view of our lives of love, godly view of love in our lives always includes our neighbors. And then Peter makes this transition from love to the third rule of living because he talks about how we're supposed to share in hospitality without grumbling because once we're communicating with God and we're understanding what he wants for our lives and we're sharing the love that he gives us and wants us to live out above all else, there's only one option, there's only one outpouring of that in our life and that's to serve other people. In verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Um, some of you may have noticed that we have diapers out in our lobby, which is not an every Sunday thing, uh, but we do have those out this morning. And I just wanted to give you a visual reminder of what we collected for our Advent offering and just let you know um, we're going to be taking those to the Pregnancy Resource Center this week. And if actually, if you'd like to help out with that, let me know. Um, and I would love for you to help out with that this week. And uh, you might not know it, but sitting out there in the lobby, there are 3,934 diapers out there, which is, which is awesome. Last a couple days, uh, so, that, so that'll be good. I'm going to blame that on Dominion. Um, Bob, can you get on that? All right. All right. <clears throat> So, uh, but, but here's the thing, like it's great for us to be able to do those types of things together as a church, for us to come together and do bigger things than we could possibly do uh, on our own. But here, here's the thing, the reason that we're able to do that is because we are being responsible with what God has enabled us to do in our lives as individuals. Like, like, this isn't just about us as a church, like, doing big service projects together and coming together. But this is a truth, this is a rule for living that we're all supposed to make a regular part of our resolutions and goals for how we live our lives. As you pray and love in the new year, serving will flow out of that. Serving here at Velocity, 
serving others in your life, whatever goal and resolution you have for the upcoming year, it's going to be measured in success not by how well it benefits you, but in how it benefits others as well. There's nothing greater in success and achievement in life than having others to share it with. Even the most successful people in the world still have an entourage that they keep around with them to share their gifts and talents with. In verse 11, Peter recaptures all three of these rules for living on the edge. He says, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. Well, how do you do that? Prayer. How do you know what God wants for your life? Prayer. He's given us his word, the Bible, to hear things that he's preserved for thousands of years for us to know and understand about him. And he says, man, I want to have conversations with you. I want to hear about anything. The word that, that Peter uses here for prayers is for anything. Like any prayer it doesn't have to be a special prayer. It doesn't have to be a specific one. It's talk to me. And he'll have things to say to us. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, which is love. That is where our strength flows through. That prayer and that love and that service so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. When we pay attention to how God's will f- wills for us to live on the edge in view of the end, it changes our lives. See, with God, our current view will have the end view in mind. The very act of surrendering our lives to him changes the outcome of how we live our lives and how we grow practically from that point forward. In quantum physics, um, there's this thing called the observer effect. And I'm not going to pretend like I'm going to be able to like, explain all the ins and outs of that to you, but I'm going to read to you the simple definition of what that is. It's the act that the act of observing will influence the phenomenon being observed. For example, to see an electron, a photon must first interact with it, and this interaction will change the path of that electron. So if you look at pictures and images, you Google image search observer effect right now if you want to. And if you look at that, you can see like an electron is there and it's just hanging out. But as soon as you look at it, the act of looking at it changes the behavior of that electron. Instead of going in a straight line, it creates waves. It, it necessarily changes how it's acting simply by being observed. And here's what scientists have done. They played around with this and then they experimented with this and they said, and, and they found that by controlling the properties of the quantum observer, scientists have managed to control the extent of its influence on the electron's behavior, which is pretty cool. Okay. Here's the thing. Whatever view that we think we have of our life, as we're living on our edge, whatever it is for you right now, When you invite God into that, into that process, it changes your view. It changes that view from temporary to eternal. And here's the other thing. God isn't just an observer. He isn't just sitting back and watching and he isn't playing with it. Like, it's not one of those things, oh, I'm going to look over at Rob and see how he handles this, you know, you know part, part of his life. But he reaches down and puts himself in view with us. And he sent Jesus 
to be alongside of us in that. He sent Jesus to live life like we have and to die like he didn't deserve for us so that our view can change. And that our view of heaven and the hope and joy that we can have, whether it's the start of the new year as we approach death or know that we need to live with the end in mind because Jesus could come back soon, any moment, at any point. As the New Testament writers write constantly that this is how we're supposed to live our lives and interact with, with each other. That no matter how you feel about the start of this new year, no matter how you feel about what's happened in this past year, as you know that you're standing on this edge that's going to be a temporary outlook God wants to change that temporary outlook to an eternal one, to a perfect one for you and for me as we enter into his rules for living in our life. And here's the thing that he does, and here's the reason why we celebrate this every week at Velocity, is that he's the one that makes that happen. Like, it's not up to your goals and your resolutions to make this happen. It's not your willpower that's going to make this happen. That he's already taken care of it through Jesus. And he simply asks us to trust him and accept in faith that he's got this. That he's not going to let us fall off the edge of the cliff. That he's going to sustain us through his perfect son. That he's going to encourage us through his ever-present Holy Spirit that he's going to guide us and direct us as not only he watches over us, but as he interacts with, with our life. And that's why we worship, and that's why we celebrate, and that's why we pray, and that's why we take communion together. Let's pray as we do that now. God, thank you for this time of worship at the cusp of a brand new year beginning of an old one ending And God, we thank you for the fact that we get to approach whatever beginning and end in our life that there may be with hope and with joy and with peace because of what you've done in our lives. God, remind us through your Holy Spirit to pray intentionally as a foundation for everything that we do, that we love others in the midst of whatever point and period of time there are in their life, that, that we would serve each other in such a way that glorifies you and that encourages us. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.